Hello there, and welcome. Episode 6 now of Now This Is Podcasting with your main host, I should say, Sean Gerhard here. You know, I check in every week with you guys before and after the episode. Hope everyone's having a good week and a good Labor Day weekend uh, this weekend. You know, stay safe out there. I know down by me in South Jersey here, it is a pretty popular time, the last one of the summer uh, for all the beach people. But uh, without further ado, this is Revenge of the Sith. I know... When I did this show live on the radio show, that it was very highly anticipated. Um, that being, it is one of my favorite movies. Uh, and it's a lot of people's favorite movies, especially the pe- my friends and the people I talk to. So I hope that anticipation we got from when we did the show live really carries over into this episode. It's a lengthy one, so I hope you guys like it. I dive into some pretty specific stuff about episode three. So I'm not going to hold up any more of your time. I'm going to let you get right into the episode here, and I'll talk to you at the end. Vengeance. So there's just this overtone of um, anticipation building up, I feel like. Because at this point in the Star Wars, your Star Wars journey, you probably know to some extent what's going to happen. You know, okay, so something's got to happen here where everything kind of turns upside down on the Republic. And... That kind of builds up throughout the movie, and you kind of see uh, Anakin's. Um, where in Episode Two, he's young and he kind of seems like a brat and um, just doesn't know what he's talking about. To the point where in Three, he's a little bit older now. He's got the long hair, and he's still the same in his way, where he's cocky and he's he's impatient at times. But it's it's a little bit better now because he is older. It's a little less, uh, uh, what's the word for this? A little less twerpy, I guess you could say. But you can see him, you know, disagreeing with Obi-Wan, disagreeing with the council all through the movie. And at the same time, him becoming closer and closer with the Chancellor. So the movie starts um, with them in the ship trying to rescue the Chancellor from Count Dooku. And they got on the ship. They go through the droids. R2 is an absolute... BA on that ship, you know, taking out battle droids on, uh, just by himself, and, um, they eventually get to Dooku, they fight, as soon as they get to Dooku, it's, we'll take them together this time, right, and <laughs> it's funny, because last time he said, no, I'll take him now, and then he got chopped up pretty good in episode two, Anakin by Dooku, so this time they actually do it together, but Obi-Wan gets knocked out of the fight, so it's all on Anakin, and you kind of see Anakin... Not only, like I said, his maturity as um, in a physical statement of where, how he looks, but his fighting has matured a lot too. To the point where he's still arrogant, he's still cocky, he's still always on the offensive when he fights, it seems like. And he's actually able to get the best of Dooku on his own. Because Obi-Wan is knocked out for the, almost that entire fight. And this pleases the Chancellor, as you can see, the uh, Grand Master mind of all of this. And... He gets to this moment where he defeats Dooku, catches his lightsaber. I mean, if you're Star Wars fan, you know this scene. But he has the two lightsabers diagonal going across uh, on either side of Dooku's neck to his left and right. And he's kind of you kind of see this stru- inner conflict with Anakin where he's like, as a Jedi, I shouldn't kill him because he should stand trial. It's not the Jedi way. He even says it. But good old Palp over there, who, you know, needs to be rescued, as I'm doing the quotation marks with my hands, is 
tells him to do it. And he goes, he says, I shouldn't. It's not the Jedi way. And he, and he goes, do it. And then he does it. And you kind of get that. Um, he cuts the head off of Dooku. And you kind of see... Well, for, back up a couple minutes here. But Dooku... <laughs> It's funny though, I don't know if you noticed, but the way Dooku looks at um, Palpatine, because he's like, wait, what? What do you mean, do it? What do you mean, cut? This, is, this wasn't part of the plan. This is like uh, the um, um, the quote where it's like, wait a minute, this whole operation was your idea. Like, Dooku was like, what? And then next thing he knows, his, his head's getting cut off, and he's getting betrayed by Palpatine, who set this whole thing up. Um, but this was a huge step. A huge step very early in the movie to Anakin turning to that dark side. And, you know, Obi-Wan was knocked out. It kind of was like a, a perfect storm because you had Palpatine there who, to convince him to do it. Because if Palpatine's not... Because it's an interesting thing to think about. If Palpatine's not there, does Anakin kill Dooku? And I think no. Even with Obi-Wan knocked out. If Palpatine's, let's say... Let's say Palpatine was not in the same room, right? Or something. It's just, you know, not there. I don't think he does it. I don't. Because... I, there was that hesitation. There was that hesitation. He was he had he beat him, and he waited there for a while until Palpatine convinced him to do it. So, if Palpatine's somehow not there, this that changes the whole movie. But after he kills Dooku, that that's kind of where it was the big straight down of the roller coaster, where everything just started rolling. Because in Episode Two, he kills the Tusken Raiders um, for killing his mother. And, you know, he slaughters all of them, the women, the men, the children, too. You know, that whole... We talked about that two weeks ago. Where, obviously, that, that is his first step into, into real darkness. But, in all honesty, I think he could have recovered from that. Because that scene of him in the garage in episode two, he's emotional about what he did. He knows what he did was wrong. So, I don't... He wasn't fully there yet. But this, after he kills Dooku, this is kind of where... This gets the first pin knocked down, you know, and this is really where he's wrapped around Palpatine's finger. And we just see this um, decline as the movie goes, you know, they crash land back in Coruscant and it gets to the point where then they tell Anakin about how he's not granted the rank of master. And he doesn't like that, obviously. We're talking about Anakin here. Uh, it, they say, we grant you a seat on the council, but we don't grant you the rank of master. The classic Mace Windu, Mace Windu line. Who says, take a seat, young Skywalker. Um, he's arrogant. He, you know. And one of the few times, few times in young Anakin, I was like, all right, I kind of agree with him here. I'd be pretty frustrated too. How are you going to, it's never been done before. No one's ever been on the council, or has a seat on the council and not been a master. So I would be, I'd be pissed too. I mean, he's still, he would have been, he's still very young. So I understand not wanting to put, make him a master and put him on the council, but you can't do one without the other. And, like, the Jedi Order was, was, was flawed. It was in the fact that they let Anakin down. They really did let him down. And they, they let this happen in all reality. They let it happen, and Mace Windu shows no sympathy where anyone on the council besides, I guess, Obi-Wan and maybe Yoda show no sympathy for him. They show none. They're like, no. Shut up, Skywalker. We, we, don't, we don't care how you feel. A, an order based on protecting people out of, you know, you're supposed to love everyone. You're supposed to protect everyone equally, and yet their own people they show so much disrespect to. 
And it's not the fact that at that point in time do I think Anakin should have been granted the rank of master and a seat on the council. It's the fact that they did one of them and not both of them. I think they could have waited and waited. And in all honesty, I think if they waited, Anakin might have just left the order. And that's a whole other storyline. But they can't do one without the other. It's just, it's an, it's an insult. He's right. He goes, it's never been done before. What, 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 this is outrageous, he says. And it is. I agree with them for the first time. It's just, he's vulnerable from the start. Vulnerable from the start. He has an attachment with Padme and a, and a kid coming or kids coming. It's just all of these factors. I mean, Palpatine's he's a genius because he has this all lined up. It's all lined up, and they're not helping their case in the, in the beginning of this movie in Episode 3. They're not helping it at all. They don't show any sympathy for him. And this reminds me of talking about like sympathy and empathy and all that from a Jedi to other Jedi. You really only see that with Anakin and Ahsoka because they have that relationship. And we do see it a little bit with Obi-Wan. And Yoda does it, but not in the way he. I feel like he should. Yoda kind of is just like, you know, he's the wise master. And he kind of just says, oh yeah, Skywalker is going through terrible pain. But like, I feel like he doesn't, he doesn't do anything about it. Like Anakin comes to talk to him and he doesn't really help him with his dreams. Because Anakin's having these nightmares. And Yoda's just kind of like, yeah, um, you're kind of clawing to the dark side there, buddy. But he doesn't really offer him like that helping hand that I feel like Yoda should have. And going back a little bit, in the Clone Wars, there's a scene where Obi-Wan says to Anakin, like, because he pretends to not know about Padme. And there's a deleted scene in Revenge of the Sith where and Obi-Wan's actually talking to Padme and he goes, I've I've hid it from I've acted like I didn't know for a long time, but I know you two love each other, like blah blah. But you know from the Clone Wars that Obi-Wan has this kind of, he knows how they feel because he had the same feelings with Satine and he offers that helping hand to Anakin, but at that point in time, Anakin shuts him down in the Clone Wars. He does. He goes, I know what you're going through, but you can't let this, you know, fog your judgment, fog, and it's the whole point of why they didn't want the Jedi to have any lovers, but there's another way of getting around that. We will talk about that when we get to Rebels in a couple weeks, but yeah, I mean, at at that point, it was too late. It goes to get back again to one of the first episodes where Obi-Wan needed a father figure and Obi-Wan was just more of a brother to him. He was. I mean, he said in episode two, you're like a father to me, but in real, all reality, by episode three, they're more brothers than father-son relationship. And it's just so many things, so many things factoring into why Anakin turns. And they all just kind of fell into place, you know. Everything fell into place for Palpatine. His plan worked to perfection. Uh, Dooku eliminated by Anakin. I mean, seriously, think about it. His plan worked to perfection. Good, Anakin, good. <laughs> Kill him. Kill him now. I shouldn't. Do it. We could talk about the assignment he's given Anakin and the assignment to spy on the Chancellor. So, to me, again, him not getting the rank of Master but getting a seat was just a spit in the face of disrespect. So now they're asking him to spy on the Chancellor, mm-hmm. who, who's who been probably, if you just count this movie alone, his best friend in the movie. The guy's been nicest to him, in all honesty. Because Yoda doesn't help him. Obi-Wan's just kind of there as a, as a, as his, um, as his master. Um, but Palpatine's always been there for him, as you know, evil as he is. He always has been there yeah. for Anakin. And now they're asking him to spy on it. So, like, if you were put in that position, Ben, what are you doing? I mean, 
if I was like if I was Anakin, I'd kind of do what he did. Kind of did. He kind of did it in a sense, you know, but not to the point of where it it was like ill will. Like Palpatine knew, in a sense, that he was what he was doing, because Palpatine knows everything. Um, but he he Palpatine kind of used it to his advantage after you know the whole uh, Anakin not becoming master. He kind of used that to his advantage to get more into his head. Um, and it, again, like I said, it kind of helped in his favor. Yeah. I mean, I, I know you missed it, um, before, but I was saying that when he kills Dooku, that's the big, to me, that's the big, um, pin that falls for him Mm -hmm. turning because obviously he kills all those Tusken Raiders in episode two, um, you know, slaughter the men, the women, the children, all of Mm -hmm. them. But my thing with that, I'll, I'll just repeat it for your sake is that he had regret. Yeah. He was visibly upset, visibly emotional about it, and visibly knew he did something wrong. But when he kills Dooku, I feel like it's different. He found a, a kind of a, a sick enjoyment to it, I'd say. Yeah. Because he, he hesitates. And another point I brought up is that, do you think Anakin kills Dooku if Palpatine's not there? No, if because... If Palpatine's unconscious or in a different room, do you think he kills Dooku? I say no because he has Obi-Wan with him. And but Obi-Wan was knocked out unconscious so what do you think it's just those two see i think he wouldn't do it i don't think he would no i i don't think he'd do it because he didn't have somebody in his head if he's using his own head and he's not thinking about whatever anyone else would think he obviously feels remorse and i mean you see that in episode six which obviously you'll get to in a couple of weeks you see that he ends up feeling bad and he isn't isn't the monster that people portray him to be so i don't i don't see him killing dooku if if Palpatine's not there. For one, it's that hesitation to me. Yeah. He goes, he goes, it's not the Jedi way. Like, he knows. He knows mm-hmm. it's wrong. And he knows from previous experience that killing is wrong in that situation. But Palpatine's right there. Obviously, the mastermind planning it all. Gets in his head, convinces him. But my other thing is that, like, let's say Obi-Wan's unconscious and Palpatine's in a different room, right? Locked up in a different room. Duke is not a trash talker. Because I think if you had someone there who said trash talking to Anakin... Then, kind of then, he's doing, then he's doing it. Then yeah, he gets in it. his head. Like, that's a decide. But Duke is not... He's a classy guy. He's not going to trash talk Anakin. Um, so that's why another reason, I guess a silly reason, I think, why he wouldn't have done it if Palpatine wasn't in his ear the whole time. Yeah, no, I definitely think, don't think he would have done it. So, so then, you know, we get Anakin. He gets this mission to spy on the Chancellor. Um, but Chancellor know, knows this is happening. Mm-hmm. And he goes... He admits to him that, yeah, they gave me this assignment. And he loses his trust, basically, in, in the council right then and there. Um, but then let's talk about the assignment that Obi-Wan gets in going to capture Grievous. So a lot of people argue that they should have sent Anakin to go get Grievous. So I'll ask you this, Ben. How do you see the story changing if Anakin's the one to go get Grievous? Honestly, I never thought of it like that. I never thought how it could have changed if they kind of swapped assignments. Um, now i got to really think about what would happen. Because that puts a huge the, dent in his plan. Yeah, 100%. I, I, I still see him maybe killing Grievous. Because, I mean, at the time, Grievous was technically his, his greatest foe. Him and Duke. And they trashed Duke both those two. And, yeah. So, I see... I don't see Anakin turning if... If Obi-Wan's the one to spy on Palpatine while Anakin goes towards 
Grievous. I see the story completely changing. I don't see him turning to the dark side. I see Obi-Wan finding out information sooner than he already had and then reporting it to the council and then getting Palpatine out of there. And then Anakin, after killing Grievous, gets appointed master. That's how I see it. I don't know. How, how do you see it? So if they send Anakin... I'm trying to think. Like, because it's, it's hard to just come up with yeah. uh, a theory, but because mm-hmm. I'm trying, you got to think about how Obi-Wan handled this with, with uh, Grievous. You know, obviously he jumps in there. Hello there. Hello there. And he gives that famous line and the troll he is, but let's take it back and think about Anakin lands on that planet, right? Mm-hmm. So he probably goes up to those civilians and says, all right, where is he? They're gonna be, <laughs> yeah. like he's not he's not gonna be uh, he's like not gonna be nice about, about it. it. So I think Anakin just goes in almost almost the same way Obi did, but mm-hmm. without the trolling. I think he just fights Grievous. He just Grievous, does it. I think Grievous respects the duel like he did with Obi Wan, and I honestly think at that point in the movie that Anakin defeats Grievous without a problem, and he kills Grievous. I think he kills Grievous. Um, which I don't think he hesitates there because at this point Grievous is just mostly droid. There's barely any mm-hmm. living part of him left. Um, another fascinating backstory is General Grievous. Um, I was I'll just thinking that about for a different that. time, but yeah, have you ever heard the backstory? Of Grievous? Yeah, I, had, I always wanted them to make a Grievous backstory movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that point, he is more droid than he is human. So I think Anakin doesn't hesitate. He takes out him without. I think in less of a struggle than Obi Wan did. Yeah, and he flies back, and at that point, the war's over. Dooku's dead, and mm-hmm. Grievous is dead. So then. Like I said, this really puts a wrench in Palpatine's plan. And at this point, I'm trying to think what would Palpatine do, right? So I think he's proven to us that he's a very smart guy. Mm-hmm. He's always got a plan. So if they send him to game, Grievous is dead. I think he kind of just has to restart in a way. Does that make sense? Yeah. He has to somehow get the Separatists back into the war, find a new leader, um... Maybe, at, honestly, at that point, maybe try to get Maul back as his apprentice. But at that point, does he, he does, he, know, oh wait, he does know Maul's alive because of Clone Wars. Oh, Clone Wars. So if he can somehow, I doubt Maul would want to, but um, after what happened in Clone Wars and stuff. But, I mean, something like that, if he got another apprentice to just play fake until Anakin was ready to turn. Because mm-hmm. at that point, it's like, the war's over. They're going to have their kid. Like, I feel like those these happy thoughts start going back in Anakin. Like, oh, he can look on the bright side now. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, it's like he's constantly looking on the dark side of things in this movie. Whereas at that point, he's accomplished. So he's what I'm trying to do for years now is end, end the war. Um, so honestly, anything, any small steps in, in this entire prequel film, it, it changes the outcome of the movie completely. And that being one of them, I know that's something that's discussed a little bit. Yeah. Is if they sent Anakin um, to just get Grievous. And, you know, in all honesty, Grievous could have defeated Anakin, too. That's another possibility. Because Obi-Wan was patient, more patient with him, and mm-hmm. took his shot when he had it, pun intended. Yeah. Um, but Anakin would have just... Anakin's always on the offensive when he fights. Always, always, always. And Grievous, who has four arms and four lightsabers... It's hard to <laughs> be on the offensive the whole time when that's And happening. not defend at least yeah. one of the lightsabers coming yeah. at you. So, I mean, if Anakin dies, that obviously is a whole different storyline, too. Yeah. But I think... I'll say this. I think if either way, Anakin dies or Gre- if Grievous wins or Anakin wins, 
that Maul comes back in the story at that point. Yeah, I would say because Palpatine would need to get his plan working at some point so he could kind of control the Empire, yeah. or just the whole yeah. galaxy in a I, sense. If he could come to an uh, understanding with Maul, which is not an easy thing to do, <laughs> and especially after he killed his brother, mm-hmm. uh, Savage Opress, but he hated Palpatine. And in the Clone Wars, he wanted to go kill Palpatine and Anakin. Mm-hmm. But so uh, even involving Maul in the story to the point where he's hunting Palpatine now and outs him to the Jedi. So there's that, too. So that's how the, uh, his story, his plan, got could I get us fell right there. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is if they said, oh, we're going to send... Anakin, he would be like, no, I need Anakin here to protect me. And then yeah. he would have been like, ah, whatever, we're pushovers anyway. So, um, changes the story completely, though. So, <clears throat> trying to think, what do you want, what do you want to talk about next? Because now we, we got through Grievous. Um, at this point, he's at this point, this is when uh, Order 66 is executed. Yeah, I said Palpatine's revealing himself to Anakin. Remember when they're like circling each other for what it seems like 20 minutes? Mm hmm. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and he's kind of revealing himself. So, again, talking about Anakin's initial reaction, right, with Dooku, he hesitates. He goes, it's not the Jedi way. His initial reaction with Palpatine is, I'm going to go report this. This is this is absurd. I don't, I don't want to join you. I don't mm-hmm. want to... I'm not going to save the Padme from that, you know. And his initial reaction is good, but then, then comes this game of something every human can relate to. Overthinking. He does overthink he it. sit there... Windu tells him to not come with him, which, again, I think is a mistake, too. And sit there by himself in the council. By himself. Not, not with Padme. Not with any other Jedi. He's sitting there by himself and only his thoughts. At this point, you have to know. Mace Windu, he's, Mace Windu has to know that there's conflict in Anakin. I mean, Yoda's even said it at this mm-hmm. point. I wouldn't leave him alone. Because he, Anakin sh- showed you that he went to you with this problem. Yeah, he's trying to get he's trying to get the rank of master. He's trying to do whatever he can. At this point, I I don't know I don't know. Even if he goes, maybe the same thing happens. Yeah, see that's when you said if like he should have came with Windu. I I don't know because then he would have seen Palpatine in that situation. He would have seen Palpatine kill the other two Jedi though. Ex- yeah. yeah. Well, then at that point, yeah, I mean, I could see I could see it going either way. I could see either Anakin still kind of feeling bad. For Palpatine in that situation where he's shooting the Force lightning and Mace Windu's reflecting it back on him, he he would probably say the same thing he did. But at the same time, I don't know if I see Anakin defending somebody, like you said, who just killed two Jedi. Two, wait, was it two or three? I think well, it was Kit three. Kit Fisto was there. Kit Fisto um, was there. Moondi was there. No, Mooney wasn't there. Mooney no, wasn't no, no. there. I'm, I'm thinking of a fan theory I watched the other day where yeah. Mooney confronts him. But um, I think it was three. Kid Fisto and it was either two or three. I, I don't know why. I can't remember now. Yeah, I, I, it might be three. But either way, if two, regardless, two or three, if Anakin sees Palpatine kill these two Jedi unprovoked mm-hmm. while they're trying to arrest him, mm-hmm. I, I would see him being like, oh, he's really bad after all and we need to stop him. Because the other thing is that when Anakin enters that room, Palpatine looks like he's basically dead, right? He's got, <laughs> His whole at this face point, is got the ring. kind of destroyed. But if he saw what he did, like you said before, where he's in this position of power, where he's on the offensive, and he's not this weak old man that needs help, mm-hmm. where who's being punished by Mace Windu, which, again, perfect setup by Palpatine. But I do think, again, that changes it. Because then Anakin's like, 
This guy just killed, you know, two or three good Jedi. Jedi, you know, unprovoked he's, too. They were literally just trying to arrest him. All powerful to face three of them at once. And um, something I want to clear up for our listeners here is that a lot of people think that those Jedi were idiots and like, why did they die so fast? This but you got to realize that Palpatine is a Sith Lord, extremely powerful, yeah. and he used a Force scream on them. Yes, he did. Um, so Which disoriented what, them. It disorients them. So Mace Windu was able to block it because. In all seriousness, Mace Windu is much more powerful than any of the movies or shows put him out to be. He is much more powerful than you could probably imagine. Yeah. Um, I mean, the fact that he honestly beat Palpatine one-on-one at that point proves that. Um, so he's able to kind of to block it at first, but, you know, guys like Kit, the Kit Fisto, he... Kit Fisto's a great Jedi. He yeah. was a really good Jedi, really good duelist. Really good at evading, too. Mm-hmm. You see that in the Clone Wars. He fa- yeah. He owns Grievous in the Clone Wars. Like, he gets his number, but he has to escape for his life. Um, but Kid Fist was not someone to joke around about when talking about a Jedi. So, to put some respect on my man's name. That's what I'm trying to say here. Oh, yeah. That, no, Kid Fist was a great Jedi. Yeah. All of them, the story all of them were, were effective yeah. Jedi, but it's just Palpatine was that powerful. He force-screamed them, and they didn't, they didn't stand a chance. They don't mm-hmm. know what a force-scream is. They haven't seen a Sith Lord in thousands of years. They don't know what half of these abilities um, meant. But when I said Moondi earlier, it's because I was watching this fan theory where, like, it, it kind of like how we're talking about, oh, if this happened, if that happened. Um, the difference was in their fan theory, it was that um, Moondi survived Order 66. Okay. And Elias Secura, I think I said her name wrong, but I, I um, she survived Order 66. I'm trying too. to remember if I know which one that is. Which the, one? Uh, the, the, blue- the Twilight. Oh, the Twilight? Yeah. yeah, okay, okay, that's what um, I thought. I, yeah. So she sur- So they, they talk about if they survived. And then what happens was that Yoda, Mace, her, and Moondi all confronted Palpatine. Oh, and that And case. they talk about if Plo Koon survived too. Okay. Is that Plo Koon went with Obi Wan to Musafar. So oh. like I'll send you this video. It was a fast it was a fascinating theory. Mm-hmm. But basically it was most of them die in, in facing the Chancellor. Um, except Windu. Windu gets knocked out pretty good though. And it's basically Yoda and Moondi versus him. And Yoda actually cuts Palpatine in half at one point when he oh, goes wow. after Moondi. So like there's that it talks about that whole fight scene, he brings in like logic to it and everything. Mm-hmm. Um but that was pretty. And then on Mustafar, I thought this was even the more interesting part, was they said if Plo Koon was there, so at that moment where Anakin kind of is choking Padme, mm-hmm. he said that Plo Koon would have been quicker to react and used his, his lightning, his yellow lightning, yeah, to stop Anakin and she drops and then she's brought back to the ship and she survives. So, oh, wow. But So basically then at this point, Plo Koon and Obi-Wan are fighting Anakin and Anakin it doesn't really stand a chance between the two of them. And it gets to a point where Anakin goes to kill Plo Koon, but um, Obi-Wan stops it, and that's when they're able to, like, trap him. So they both have, like, their lightsabers at his head. And what they do is they arrest him. They don't kill him. They arrest him. They bring him back. He stands trial, and he's sentenced to life in prison. So okay. does, but this, does, in, in the theory, does he ever get out? Or he just... So, yeah, I'm getting there. So <laughs> at this point, Palpatine's dead. Um, Bail Organa is set as the, the um, as the uh, senator okay. or the um, the chancellor. Mm-hmm. So they elect him as the chancellor, and they imprison him for life, Anakin. But so Padme's healthy; she lives; she has her kids. And you know, the remaining Jedi, which were like Yoda, and like um, a couple of them are, had died, but like Yoda and Obi Wan train Luke and Leia. 
as Jedi in the Jedi Temple. Oh wow! And but their father's still alive, so he he ends the theory there. But he he actually throws in a joke. He goes until Jar Jar Binks releases Anakin. <laughs> um, he goes, no, I'm kidding. I'm not serious. He goes, if you want a part two, like I will do it. So this was after Anakin was appointed as Lord Vader, or is this before? After because this was after. That's right. Yeah, killed, he kills the Separatists already. That's but then right. instead of just Obi Wan sneaking on the Padme ship, it was Obi Wan and Plo Koon because. Plo Koon and a couple of the other Jedi survived mm-hmm. were in this theory. Which, you know, it makes sense because if they were... Like, Plo Koon is another guy that was very powerful in lore. Um, they don't really show it in the movies, but he's very, very, very powerful Jedi. Yeah, they don't give a... It's the fact that none of them sensed it. Yeah. That, that's what his whole thing was like. I feel He felt like some of them should have been able to sense the turn of the clones. Um, but I'll send you that video because it was... Oh, it yeah, was, I would definitely want to watch that. It was all animated out, too. It was very, very interesting uh, theory. Especially the whole Plo Koon thing, using his lightning and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, very interesting. But I love talking, like, Theories. what would happen here if this went this way or this went that way. But that just shows how smart Palpatine really was. That how calculated every move he made was to the point where he can become the, the ruler of the Empire. And pretty much, that's just, like I said, like I just said, like that shows how just calculated everything was to the point even down to anakin spying on him instead of obi-wan or where the jedi were during the war to the point where they were far apart to where they couldn't team up you know and they they would be separated enough to the point where there were so many clones and so little jedi in one spot where they would all die Let's talk about the movie for Yeah. Um, was it just me, or was it so satisfying to see him cut through the Separatists? Oh, it was very satisfying. It's so satisfying. He right? just comes in and just proves his dominance by literally killing everybody in that I, room. I always felt like the Separatists were, like, so soft. Yeah. There like, really, the there really wasn't much to them. Like, they're just, like, these figureheads. Yeah, especially the Trade Federation. Yeah, exactly. And he just... He goes... I, I, just, I don't know. I just I actually like that scene because like, this, they were they as much as the separatists actually was built on the truth, they, they were they were they were crappy people. <laughs> the Trade Federation, mm-hmm. they were crappy people. Yeah. Um, but so I mean that was satisfying to see. But his eyes turning yellow. That was a big scene too when he turns around. The eyes are yellow, and then Padme following him, um, and o- Obi Wan going to Padme and telling. You know, about what, the what younglings, happened, you know, uh, I don't know. Like you're Padme's position here, and it's kind of hard to put yourself in those in those shoes. Um, but do you go to him after that? I mean, no. I guess you no, no. After killing a bunch but of, but she kids, didn't believe it. She didn't believe it at first. But when she found out to be true, at that point, I wouldn't go. Because you don't. If he's willing to, I kill, don't think she believed it until she saw him on Mustafar. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I if, think if, it's one of those things like uh, like her love blinded her, you know, in that yeah. kind of way. And love could only blind you to a certain extent where your boyfriend or husband is a uh, is a Sith Lord yeah. on, on the path of literally killing everybody who gets in his way. And soon enough, it was it was her. Yeah. I thought I thought Padme could have had a little bit more story in episode three, too. 
I thought they kind of shelved her for that movie mm-hmm. after her being such a main character in the first two. Yeah, they just kind of could have been in a little bit more. Push her to the side. There's only so much to fit in the movie though, but um, that's probably one of my only very few things I'd say, bad things I'd say for Avengers Sith is that we didn't get as much Padme as I think we should have. But yeah, so she goes to Mustafar like. And I'm like, I'm thinking, like, as a kid, I'm like, oh, she's stupid. Like, she's yeah, stupid. She's, but, like, now you kind of get this concept of, you know, we're older now. You get this concept of what love is and what love can do to people in a relationship. It's really love that's blinding her. Mm-hmm. Because she pretty much refuses to believe Obi-Wan when he, when he tells her. Yeah, because, even when, you know, even he, when he shows her. He goes, killing younglings. Even when he, even when he shows her. He wouldn't. He wouldn't. She just didn't believe him. She and, didn't. and honestly, I think that's a very realistic human related. Trait, uh, answer yeah. to that you know mm-hmm. that's a very from a sci-fi film that's a very lifelike situation well not obviously killing children killing young younglings the, with the a lightsaber she refuses to she denies it because of her love for him she she only sees this there's the good things about Anakin. yeah um i mean he was doing it for her in a sense you know like he, yeah. i mean that was his main goal to keep her alive but she didn't know that and even when she did find out, she was like, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. And and then we see what happens, and she dies of a broken heart. Yeah. And another, they talk about kind of um, the ideology in Star Wars and the idea of, like, love and how that blinded her. But another big part of Episode 3 is it's political. It's very, pol- it's political. Uh, very political. And, you know, the one of the famous quotes, I think, that pe- a lot of people don't associate with Star Wars is that this is how democracy dies with the roaring applause or liberty dies with the roaring applause in the Senate. And I'm like, that's, that is spit on like a take on politics right there Yeah. with corrupt leadership and, you know, nothing getting done because of it. So, I mean, I know George Lucas has talked about it in an interview before, but they give a lot of the new movies crap about being pol- too political, but Politics in Star Wars is nothing new. It's nothing new. Yeah, it's from the start. Yeah, revenge. I mean, Revenge of the Sith. It, that whole Senate scene is just a huge reference to, mm-hmm. you know, human government and stuff. Um, Absolutely. That's definitely no absence. My other thing I want to ask you is that, you know, Obi Wan when he gets to Mustafar, obviously he does he does a little stance, right? The, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Where he has, like the he, silhouette lighting. He he whips the robe off. He's, he, he's, he's and stands, he stands there. He's like this. Yep. Anakin, is it, I mean, is it me or is he giving off? Yeah, I just slept with your girl, kind of vibes. <laughs> right? I mean, the way he's standing. Obviously, he didn't because we know the context. Yeah. But just take that scene of Anakin looking up, the silhouette, hands on his hip. Come on, don't tell me that's like the. Standing. Honestly, I never thought of it like that. But now that you point that out, I'm never gonna unsee that. <laughs> and I could see where you're coming from with that. I can see where Anakin gets a little bit of rage. He has no idea Obi Wan's there. And then when he when he comes out with his robe off, I, I mean, you could think for the worst. And I if just you're the Anakin. way he's standing there, it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh man, he really just did that. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> it's like wow. I mean, that's and then Anakin looks up at him and it's like, you're with him, you know, yeah. you brought him here to kill me. <laughs> and uh, it's just my other thing is why didn't Obi Wan jump in quicker? <laughs> I don't know. Because we kind of talked about you know when I said Plo Koon, if he was there, he was jumping quicker and he stuff. He jumped way why? quicker. Why didn't Obi-Wan? I guess he just wanted to see how it was going to play out. I mean, to be fair, I guess he never really assumed her life was in danger, even when she was being choked, because she, that's not why she died. She lost the will to live. She lost the will to live. It's 
Like, it wasn't the actual physical choke, choke of it. It was that he actually did that act. And after, like, she would have recovered fine from it. Oh, yeah. So I, I guess that's, I guess, one Plenty of people have. Uh, defense of Obi-Wan is that... Oh, he didn't gonna, think it was that's serious. That's not going to kill her. Yeah, yeah, he didn't think it was serious enough. Nor would I think Anakin would have killed her. Even if, if it was just the two of them there, I don't think Anakin would have killed her in that moment. No, she would have almost died, and he would have realized what he was doing, and he yeah. would have stopped. But or he would have stormed off in anger. Or he would have, yeah, or he would have stormed off. Um, but since Obi-Wan was there, it kind of stopped him. Well, it stopped him from killing her, and he pushed all his anger and rage on him. Mm-hmm. But I, like you said, I don't think he would, he would have killed her. She, I mean, she's visibly pregnant too, and that's oh, a huge yeah. part of it. I feel like, so I feel like I don't know. But um, <clears throat> obviously that dialogue is just so dramatic, and I know people who don't like the prequels hate on that, that dialogue there. But to me, like that, that is a special place in my heart. Oh, that I could recite that dialogue word for word. Oh yeah, I, I have my Alexa program to read it back. To yes, me. that's right. You I have. I play one. She plays Anakin. Um, <laughs> so I have that program. That's really fun too. But uh. It's just so memorable, the dialogue, and even the fight. It's got to be the greatest lightsaber fight of all yeah. time. I mean, yeah, I feel like the new movies, there's some scenes that can compete with that. I just think, yes. Cause the, just because of how visually pleasing they look, yeah. for that matter alone. But, like, if we're just going off the six movies, then I would say that's probably my favorite. That's no, my favorite me too. One. And I, was, I would also say, like, you could argue with the even the newer movies, just because, like, the heart and, you know, like, the the tension in that fight just makes it so much better mm-hmm. and like the story behind it like I, there's just so much passion yeah you know and and you have the dramatic lava spoon up uh, you know and you know someone who's taught this guy for for 10 years or whatever now is they're fighting each other and you can see like Anakin's just always on the offensive mm-hmm. Obi-Wan's just blocking everything he has and you, there's even a moment where they both go for the same move because they're the, they they've trained together for so long. Yeah, they know they, they know each other each, other by the each and every move. Yep. Yeah. So like, there's a lot of times where they go for the same same thing with like. So like, a lot of people complain about the spin. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. And go, I like that. Bang. I like, like that. that though. So there's actually a logical reason behind it, and that logical reason is that they were looking for like a point to to attack to strike, mm-hmm. but because both of them, like I said, were so similar, that neither of them could find a. The right moment. So, like, the plan is, like, to strike way before all that spinning happens. So, like, after they spin once, the plan's, like, to hit somewhere mm-hmm. where they could. Oh, yeah. But because both of them are modeling each other, they just kept spinning. And they had nowhere, no vulnerable place to And then they ended up strike. just hitting each other's and lightsaber. And bang, they finally hit each other. But for something that's an epic moment to me, but obviously people can nitpick and try to criticize that. Like, oh, why would they do that in a fight? That's why. No, I really that's like why. that scene. I like that part. Like, I know, like you said, like a lot of people don't like that. I know, like, I, my brother doesn't like it. I, I find it really cool. And I, like, now that I know the exact reasoning to it, makes it even better. Yeah, the people don't like it because they said, oh, it's not practical. But when it was explained to me like that, and I think, you know, we were talking about Star Wars theories, the guy on YouTube I mm-hmm. watch a lot. I think it was one of his videos he explained it. And he was like, this is why, like, because they mirror each other. And, you mm-hmm. know, it just, I was like, that's awesome. Like, and I they mirror each other all the way to the end. Um, to the end of the, the fight. To the end. So, obviously, I mean, we don't have to go through that whole thing. Cause, and everyone knows how that ends, I feel like. It's over, Anakin. Uh, I have the high ground. I have the high ground. You underestimate my power. Don't try it. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Slice the legs Actually, off. This. Why doesn't Obi-Wan finish him off? Because he thinks he's going to die in the lava. Do you think that's really why, though? I. 
Because I, I that's think the most logical way. I think but that's then part you also of it. Think of, I think it's part of it. And in a way, he does die in that lava. Anakin yeah. Skywalker does die in yeah. that moment. And that's when Vader is born. Vader is born. So it, to be fair, he did die from the lava. I I would argue to say. My thing is like I think it has to do with that. I think him just executing him is not the, the Jedi, Jedi way. way. Yeah, like we saw earlier in the movie, and obviously Obi Wan follows the Jedi order to a T. So. Um, could I also, think that's part of it too. It could also be that he just doesn't want to see another one, somebody mm-hmm. he loved die like he did with uh, Duchess Satine. Satine. Well, I mean, you name it. All these people he's seen. Yeah, he's seen a lot of people of die. Um, but the other thing is, I don't know if he had the heart to do it. I don't think he could. Think about that too. Like, I don't think he could. Because think about how emotional he is in that scene at the top of that mountain. He's mm-hmm. crying, saying, "You were my brother, Anakin. I loved you." And, you know, this is after he loses a teen not too long before. I mean, obviously, honestly, losing, that's probably not that many years later or earlier. From a, I'm what trying season, to think What now. season did, did she die? I, I can't I remember. I think, like, season four or five, maybe. Out of seven. Five. So then, yeah, I wouldn't say. It's not it was, that far off. I would say maybe months, year, a, a year max. I would say probably a couple years. I don't. I don't know the exact timeline, but I am curious to look that up now when I come home. When I go home. Yeah. But he just lost the love of his life. Someone he said. I talked about the class week during Clone Wars. He said, "I would have left. left the order if you said the word." Mm-hmm. One of the most jaw-dropping lines are in Clone Wars. I talked about that last week. But so that's probably not that long ago. And someone he he's only really loved one person in his life like that, at least in a romantic way, and she died. Yeah. So it's not like he's going to recover from that in weeks. That's going to take a long time. And I think. Leaking into some future stuff, that's what we're going to see in the Kenobi series is his struggle for mental health with losing Anakin, losing Satine, losing yeah. even Padme was a good friend. Yeah. Losing Padme. Because you got to think, he met Padme in episode one. And that's like a when long, she was, yeah, between that, one and three, that's a long period of time. It's like what? Over a decade. 15 years? 10 it's years? over a decade, yeah. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's just being friends with Padme. I mean, he probably doesn't see her often, mm-hmm. but... Just enough of knowing somebody for that long, it could it could affect you in a yeah. negative way. They were definitely. I mean, she. I mean, even she said like, "Did you speak to Obi Wan?" Like she trusts him. Like there's there is a relationship. So that's even another person he lost. Um, not counting all the other Jedi that passed. I don't mean they don't really show any him uh, having relationships besides like with Ahsoka and stuff. Mm-hmm. But even even him and Ahsoka had a good relationship too. But uh, th- that's not really shown in the movies or anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he the whole thing about Kenobi is just his loss. He goes through so much loss, yet he's so strong to not turn. If anyone had the reasons to turn, it was him. I mean, oh, it, yeah, you don't agree him. with me, but... No, I I, agree. I definitely agree with that in the sense of there's so many different like factors coming in on him that could have gave him the opportunity to turn or at least just, leave, like you said, like leave the order for Satine. There was so, but he stayed strong and he stayed like faithful to the Jedi, and in in the end, I mean, it did serve him right. He did kind of, in a sense, restore the Jedi a little bit by giving Luke Skywalker just a little bit of training, to the point of him going off on his own and mm-hmm. then doing his own thing and then obviously training a bunch of new Jedi. But there was a lot of different factors that could have came in, and he stayed strong. He did, and that's why Obi-Wan's the GOAT. Yeah, he's he's definitely my favorite. Also the Troll Masters. And that is the end of this week's episode. Uh, I hope my voice here isn't a disappointment. Well, I guess I kind of hope it is a disappointment, because I hope you guys are enjoying the episodes. And this was an uh, extremely important one. 
you know, I talked about it when I first came on and, and opened up here how Revenge of the Sith is by far my favorite Star Wars movie, if I haven't made that clear enough through this episode. So if you guys can somewhat agree with me, I know there are a lot of Revenge of the Sith fans out there, so I know you got a lot of you guys can relate. Uh, next week, we're moving on to the sequel trilogy. So we have 7, 8, 9, and I actually have two episodes for episode 8, but that's looking a little further into the future. Again, I'll try to stay on schedule here. Work's getting a little busy, but it's going to be every episode every thursday friday or saturday so expect it around there every week uh episode seven is next week next week as we dive into the sequels which is always an interesting conversation but it will be a positive conversation i know they get a lot of heat hate but i'm going to tell you why you should like them so stay tuned in for next week hope you liked revenge of the sith everyone stay safe have a good labor day and have fun really it's the end of the summer guys guys going back to school I'm sorry. This is the first year I'm not doing it. I'm excited about it. That sucks for the rest of you. But you know what? In your off time, when you're doing your math homework, throw on some Star Wars movies in the background. It never hurts. May the Force be with you.